Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. study again tomorrow night prayer at the church from 7 30 to 8 30 tomorrow night friday night is game night starting at 7 30 amen so a couple things uh, for this week and we are carrying on in the absence of the nine ladies regardless with prayer and other things amen so come and be a part of those things we're going to be turning to the book of first corinthians chapter number 12 first corinthians chapter number 12 and I'm going to read, of course, the first 11 verses. And since I was so uh, forgetful last week, and I was going to read like the first seven and then let you sit and then me read, and I forgot totally about it till later, I'm going to do all 11, okay? Uh, says that way I don't have to depend upon my memory. I'll do it while I'm thinking about it. Amen. And we started a series last week called The Gifts of the Spirit. I'm excited about the series. Amen. What we could learn and hope grant some understanding uh, from here to... Uh, the pew you know sometimes whenever we teach or preach it's not necessarily that uh, you are necessarily learning anything maybe per se for the first time but sometimes whenever we teach and we preach uh, the word comes forth for the purpose of just confirming things you already know and so it's good sometimes for a confirmation to come uh, for things that you already know so I'm going to start with verse 1 of 1 Corinthians chapter number 12 The Bible states these words now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren. I would not have you ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away into into these dumb idols. And just a point of clarity on that. Anybody last week, that word dumb is not really stupid. Okay, it's it's talking about dumb in the sense of being mute. You know, because they're idols of wood and stone. Mouths they have they, but they cannot speak. I just wanted to give that clear. I start thinking back on that from last week, and I never want to make you think that something is to be something that it's not. So that, that dumb idols, not that it's stupid, although I think that fits pretty good too, but uh, it's for the purpose of, of mute idols. Even as you were led, verse number three, wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Now there are diversities of gifts but the same Spirit. There are differences of administrations but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man. We spoke about that last week, to profit with all. To profit with all, to profit even everyone. For to one is given the spirit, by the spirit, rather the word of wisdom. To another, the word of knowledge by the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, the gifts of healing by the same spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, diverse kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh. That's one and the self-same spirit, dividing to every man severally, which we learned last week was dividing to every man, each his own or each one as he will. And so tonight in our series, The Gifts of the Spirit, I want to label this particular lesson tonight, Revelation Gifts, colon, Word of Knowledge. Word of knowledge. Revelation gifts, word of knowledge. And you'll understand what I mean by revelation gifts here in a few moments. That really the nine gifts of the Spirit can be subdivided in three groups of three. Amen. And so we'll look at that here this evening. Let's pray this evening. God, I love you. God, I appreciate you, Lord. God, thank you, Lord, for meeting us here. God, I know, Lord, that you are mindful of us. God, and I pray, Lord, with the same fervor, Lord God, that you're mindful of us, that we can in turn, God, be mindful of you, Lord, in your spirit, in your presence. Help us tonight. God, as we look at the word of the Lord, help us to learn from it. God, that it would empower us, Lord Jesus, for our lives. In Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. And everybody say amen. Amen. You may be seated tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. We left off last week talking about 
the last verse of chapter number 12, how we are to covet earnestly the best. Remember that? The best gifts. And we talked about how the best gifts vary depending on the circumstance, depending on the circumstance, that the, be- the best gifts wasn't necessarily deeming that one gift of the Spirit was better than another gift of the Spirit, but the best gifts are the ones that are most appropriate as the time or the situation or moment necessitates. Uh, I know a story before a brother, uh, brother Morgan who was a pastor and was also an evangelist at one time, and uh, he, he said that he was preaching a series of services as an evangelist at a certain location, and God had told him in this series of services on the Saturday night in prayer, he said, tomorrow night, he said, I will, I will heal everything that's in the building. Now, that's, that's big stuff. I don't know how big the building or who the number, but for the Lord to tell you that I'm going to heal everything in the building, number one, right away, that's a word of knowledge. That's a word of knowledge. He didn't know that by natural means that God was going to do that. Somebody else didn't tell him that God was going to do that. But that is knowledge that came to, knowledge that came to him, a word of knowledge, a portion of knowledge. And it's important for both the gifts, word of knowledge and word of wisdom to understand it's not the gift of knowledge. And it's not the gift of wisdom. It's not like it comes to this person and they have all knowledge there is. Or wisdom comes to the person, they have all wisdom that they is. No, it's a word or it is a portion of knowledge or a portion of wisdom given at a specific moment for a particular reason and at a particular time. And so God told him that he was going to heal everything that was in the building. And so that Sunday morning, the next day, that Sunday morning, they had Sunday morning church. And he said, man, it was just bang up church. I mean, it was like lick the paint off the ceiling, strip the varnish off the walls, you know, type of church. It was just happening left and right. He said, then when we got to church that night, he said, it was tighter than a band on a barrel. He said, it was like a total dynamic shift. And he said, I was just up there preaching. He said, I finally felt in that moment it was that time, you know, for a prayer line. God is going to heal everything in the building, like God said. And so he had them form a prayer line. And the first person that was in a prayer line was a lady with Parkinson's disease. <laughs> and, it, and, and, and he was like, you know, God, you could have no, let, you know, a, a pitcher even has to warm up. You could have allowed us had a headache or something, you know, come up here to be number one in line. So here's this lady with, you know, Parkinson's disease. And he thought, really, God, this has to be the first one, you know, standing in line. And so we know, according to Scripture, every man is given a measure of faith. That's without doubt. That's according to God's Word. Every man is given a measure of faith. But in this moment and setting, even Brother Morgan needed more than a measure of faith. The best gift that he needed in this moment in time was a gift of faith. And so he grabbed a bottle of oil. He had bought a special one at the store because he, he, God said everything in the house, we're going to have to go family size on this one, you know. And so he grabbed a bottle of oil, and he was on his way over to step down off the platform to pray uh, for that woman. And as he was headed that way, he said, I just felt something drop across my shoulders, and the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me and said that now the gift of faith rests upon you. And so in that moment, he didn't need interpretation of tongues. He, again, he needed the best gift. He needed the gift of faith. And so I was saying that for the purpose of the best gift, but I don't want to leave you hanging because it's like a cliffhanger, right? It's just kind of sitting right there. By the way, he never did touch that lady to be able to pray for her. Before he ever got down to her, she started to spin and yell out and spin and yell out, and then she stopped. And when she stopped, she stopped. Her shaking wasn't there. Nothing was trembling. And she told him, she says, I am just healed in the name of Jesus Christ right now. She says, there is nothing going on in my body that's even remotely uh, compared to or related to Parkinson's that I'd known for the years. He said, I didn't pray for one person in that prayer line. He said, that jumped off her to the next person in line, back to the next one, to the next one, to the next one, till every single person in the line got absolutely healed by the power of God. Why? Because the gift of faith had come down in that house. Woo! And I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Gift of faith had come down. It was the best, it was the best gift for the moment. 
And so in, in the last verse, 1 Corinthians 12, 31, when he says, cover earnestly the best gifts. And, and let me state tonight, and I want to preface this. Uh, I, by and large, I'm not just, you know, notoriously a big storyteller, you know, in preaching or preaching. But I think with this series of lessons concerning the gifts of the Spirit, that it's going to be important for me to share with you instances that I know of or things that have happened personally in my life, so on and so forth, so that you'll learn and understand how these gifts are to operate in real life. All right, so is everybody okay? Because I'm, I'm going to probably share some things, personal experiences, other ones that I have connections with uh, with you uh, in this series. But he said, cover earnestly the best gifts, and yet the Apostle Paul says, yet shew I unto you a more excellent way. Come the best ones, you know, the ones that are most appropriate and needful for the time, whatever it necessitates. But I assume to you a more excellent way. And that's the last verse of chapter 12. But it bleeds on over into chapter number 13. Because, again, you know, that we, we are the ones that have congruent up over time these divisions chapters and stuff it goes on into verse number 13 and when you start reading verse number 13 the apostle paul starts talking about you know though i speak with tongues of men of angels and have not what charity or if i if i if i would be operating the gift of prophecy and have not charity if i'd give my body to be burned at the stake and have not charity then i am nothing and then that great chapter that we oftentimes look at concerning love is chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. So what Paul was relaying to them whenever he's speaking about all these, these different gifts and these things that were happening, he was saying the more excellent way is the way of love. All right? In other words, he's telling us we could have any gift that was previously spoken of. Uh, interpretation of tongues, prophecy gifts of healing we could have any of them but if we didn't have love more importantly this is important if we did not operate the gift by love if we did not operate the gift by love then we have failed miserably amen someone say amen because again the gifts of the spirit primary purpose for them again for a specific reason for a particular time the overarching reason for them for the body of Christ is for the church's edification edification in order for that building up and that edification to happen they must they must operate by love in order to benefit the body of Christ they must operate by love in other words the gifts are not to be used in a mean manner a vindictive manner or for the purpose of that matter for embarrassing to those to whom they are directed at because sometimes a for instance we're to, we'll be talking here a little bit later about a word of knowledge there might be knowledge that comes from God concerning a person their lifestyle or what they've been involved with that if it was said in a public setting about it could be very embarrassing to that individual a good operation of the gift in the moment when some knowledge like that is given would do that privately, directly to the individual. That doesn't lessen the impact of that word of knowledge for them. But at the same time, it safeguards them. God knows and they know God knows. You hearing me? And so to do that just openly, just for the purpose, man, I got something here. Uh, sister, so-and-so, you've been committing adultery with such-and-such. Now, you want to talk about trying to find a rock to crawl under. Hmm? That, that's not operating the gift by love. Unless you got direct instruction from God to do that, that's not operating the gift by love. All right? That's not edification. Hmm? We'll say, how is that even edification if you did that privately? Because the hopes of doing that privately, if you say that to her privately, and she understands that God knows that, and evidently the person that God has given a word of knowledge to at that time, that the, 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 the total outcome is this. She's going to withdraw, hopefully, from that type of activity, get her life right, repent, make things right with God. And anybody that's a member of the body, you hear me? We affect each other. It does. If there's a member of the body that is not doing well, regardless of what member, if it's an organ or if it's your little pinky, it has impact and effect. Cruzy, if it's the toe, 
It matters not. It affects the rest of the body. But if it is doing well, then the body's doing well. So what I'm saying is, then if she can somehow, through that word of knowledge, even given privately, make things right, that's going to have an overall impact. Edify and build up the totality of the body. Amen. And so the gifts must be governed. The more excellent way is that the gifts to be governed by love. Remember, we did some time ago now, uh, we did a series on the fruit, the fruit of the Spirit. And if you remember, the Scripture says there in Galatians 5 that the fruit of the Spirit is love. And then uh, from my study and what I've done before, the other eight are nothing more but attributes of that first, love. The other eight are attributes of that love. And so it's very important to, to secure the fruit of the Spirit before you operate in the gifts of the Spirit. Because the gifts are governed by the fruit, which that's what the Scripture says in Galatians 5. It doesn't say fruits of the Spirit. It says fruit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, and then it says joy, peace, and so on and so forth. And so it's important then to desire the fruit of the Spirit uh, before we would start vying for the gifts of the Spirit because the gifts need love to operate appropriately. Now look what Paul tells us. You can look at just 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Uh, where it starts there, verse number four, talking about charity does this, charity is that. Look what Paul tells us about love. And I think from this, with, with looking through the lens of love with the subject matter being the gifts of the Spirit, consider why maybe it's important for the gifts to operate by love. Because charity, and I'm just going to use the word love, love is kind. The gifts need to be operated in such a way like that. Love is not puffed up. The gifts must be operated like that. But the one that is being used by it is not bringing exaltation to self, but bringing exaltation unto God. Don't need to get puffed up. Here's something that for sure. God spoke through a donkey and a rooster before, so don't be getting too puffed up when he speaks through you. Amen. It, it doesn't get puffed up. And so here's something important, a good rule of thumb. If it doesn't exalt Christ, it may not be of God. Or at least it's tainted by the hand of man. And that happens. Here's the thing. God's word is divine and it is pure. But you know what? It can be tainted because it passes through the hands and the voices of man. And the gifts of God are pure and right and true. But they likewise, misuse, abuse can be tainted because they pass through bodies of flesh. Amen. And as I said last week, that doesn't mean we throw the, the baby out with the bathwater. It's mean that we educate ourselves and come to a place of not ignorance, but understanding. And that's what we're trying to do here in the next few weeks. Another thing, love doth not behave itself unseemingly. Well, you want that in the operation of the gifts. You don't want unseeming behavior taking place. Love rejoiceth not in iniquity. Good point is just what I, the little scenario I was referring to earlier. The, you know, you want something, somebody that's operating that through a spirit of love that uh, just because some uh, some word of knowledge or even a prophecy for somebody's life because of what they are currently doing in life you don't want to be like <laughs> you understand what I'm saying like rejoicing over that understanding that you have been given concerning their lives amen and so again there may be words of knowledge or other things along those lines that may need to be given privately rather than publicly if it's sensitive information that that could cause embarrassment or could Bring further injury to the body. Mm -hmm. You know, um, let me say it like this. If you've had thoughts and feelings that were bad towards someone, but they've been totally ignorant of them, you don't necessarily have to go up to them and tell them all the bad thoughts and feelings you've had to them because in that moment, now they're aware of it. See, that has compounded an issue rather than has helped the issue. And so I guess what I'm saying just because knowledge or something has come through a gift of the Spirit, it doesn't necessarily mean the whole body needs to know. Because in doing so, an issue could be compounded. Watch this. Let's say publicly the word of knowledge come forth, sister so-and-so, you've been committing adultery of such and such. Let's say there's another man, though, that's been struggling with purity. Are you hearing me? And now sees a vulnerability where he could get in bed with a woman. don't happen baloney baloney and so we don't got to be careful with the use of the gifts because we don't want to bring further injury or knowledge where it doesn't need to be 
Amen. All right, so we got to, we got to, we got to use them carefully. Amen. You go go through that series of love, you know, kind and seemingly go go through those things. Amen. Whenever the Lord is is desiring to use you in such a way because again, whether it's directly or indirectly, somehow or another, those things are going to have impact on the body, whether for the better or for the worse. All right. Another reason then why the apostle Paul emphasizes the fact of love is because if you'll remember in verses 8 through 12 of 1 Corinthians 13, Whenever he's talking about when that which is perfect has come or whenever we reach that full maturity. You remember me talking about that last week? That then, you know, uh, the prophecies will fail and the, 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 uh, the other things that speaks it right there will, will cease. Uh, tongues will cease and all these things. We talked about how uh, the gifts of the Spirit are still in operation today. It wasn't just for the apostles. They're going to be here till the Lord comes back. And we should operate in them and allow them to operate in our churches. But what he is telling us that there will be a moment in the future whenever that which is perfect has come or when that full maturity comes and we've had our change that these things will cease and fail. So in other words, what he's trying to convey to us is this, though. Love should be valued above any other gift because love is eternal, because love is God. It's eternal. These other things do in the future, amen, have a seizing moment that they will no longer be necessary. But love will always be because God is love. It doesn't seize. It doesn't fail. It doesn't change. He says, so if you're, you're, you're garnering to invite anything in your life, let it be love because love's the eternal. Love's the eternal. And so uh, just another thing I want to put out there t- tonight and trying to hit all the tops of the trees in this, in this series, and that is this. The gifts of the Spirit do not replace God's Word or any other spiritual discipline we should be practicing in our life as a Christian. I find many times that the gifts of the Spirit will confirm, complement God's Word. For sure, you can put this one down in the book. It will not contradict. If you ever prophecy that is against something that's written in the book, claim it as somebody's overzealous or they false. He won't contradict his own word. So he won't contradict it. And so if something like that happens, you, you got to mark it one way or another. Again, the gifts should complement and not replace. And I think this is just as important regular spiritual disciplines in our Christian lives. And this is the reason why I say that, because sometimes people want a shortcut to their answer rather than working through the spiritual disciplines of Christianity to secure the will of God and answer of God for their life. If I'm going to go there because there's a quote-unquote prophet over there tonight and I need an answer. My question would be, Have you read your Bible, prayed, fasted? Have you done any spiritual discipline work for your answer yet? Now, I find that sometimes I've done that and I have an inclination what I need to do, but I'm still a little not real sure about what that is. And it's in those moments I have found, Brother Fred, then God has come with a word of knowledge or wisdom or prophecy, and he has confirmed what I've already felt through my spiritual discipline. So we're not talking about a replacement. We're talking about something that accompanies them. Uh Uh-huh. Someone say amen. Amen. There's nothing like good old-fashioned personal prayer or good old-fashioned word of God reading. You want a word from God? 66 books, baby. And sometimes they come so timely in your life. If you'll realize it, it's almost uncanny. And I could talk to you about that, but I am not on podcast right here tonight. Uh, just for me this week, yesterday, as a matter of fact. A word of knowledge and wisdom. Amen. But that's for outside of public knowledge, and I can edit this podcast. Amen. Nevertheless. And so, so we've we got to be careful with those things. They confirm a lot of things. Many times it's already impressed upon people's lives through prayer in God's word. Look, look at the word of the Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse number 37. I want to read verse 37 and verse number, verse number 40. Those two just back to back. Verse 37, if any man think himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things that I write unto you are the commandments of the Lord. In verse 40, this is very good. Let all things you've heard this said. 
probably a thousand times in your church life, been church any time, let all things be done decently and in order. That is a great verse. That is a great verse. And it's in the context of spiritual gifts, but that's just a great verse just for plain church. Let things be done decent and in order. Not coming in, you know, 15 minutes late, we all come in and say, well, what are we going to do for church tonight, you know? <laughs> you know, what songs are we going to sing? Who's going to preach tonight? You know what I'm saying? But nevertheless, but in the context of the gifts, definitely things being done decently and in order. Now, look, the Apostle Paul here in, four, in, in chapter 14, the use, and this is important, the use of spiritual gifts or being used in the spiritual gifts does not empower any individual or any person to be chaotic, unorderly, without checks and balances. That's the reason why later in, in, in chapter 14 we see that the Bible says that, that one will prophesy and two or three will judge. You know what they're doing? They're discerning what is being said if it is of God. What is that? That's checks and balances upon the person that's being utilized in the gift. That's decent, and that is in order. There are checks and balances for the administration of the gift. Amen. And, and decently in order, that, that's the prescription for the operation. Additionally, if you look at verse number 37, Paul informs us basically this, that those that are prophet, or he just even sums it up spiritual, if you're spiritual, then the spiritual will acknowledge the need for biblical guidelines. He says, then this is, you're going to acknowledge the things that are right to you are commandments. In other words, that there are some biblical guidelines uh, for the use of the gifts. Now, why do we need biblical guidelines for the use of the gifts? Because they're the gifts of the Spirit. Do we not trust the Spirit? That's not where it's at. We don't trust our flesh. And so thus, that's the reason why we have the guidelines. Not for the purpose. The Spirit does real well by itself. But when it's trying to use a man, flesh is involved to a certain element. And so that's the reason why there must be guidelines. And so as we approach this here in the next few weeks, and I really thought I was hopeful and I was probably going to land three revelation gifts together tonight and go to second base, but it's not happening. But nevertheless, this will be our approach. No one's surprised at that. This will be our approach to the nine gifts of the Spirit listed in our text here this evening. Again, we'll be looking at them in groups of three, three groups of three. That makes nine. We'll be looking at the revelation gifts. That's where we're starting tonight. The revelation gifts consist of the word of knowledge, word of wisdom, and discerning of spirits. We will be looking at what's known as the power gifts or the action gifts, and that's faith, gifts of healing, and working of miracles. We will be looking at some call it, use the King James language, the utterance gifts, or I'll just call them the vocal gifts that we discussed, I think, last week that is an area that a lot of activity takes place in, it seems like, or it's more noticeable, I'll say it like that, since they are vocal, and that is divers' tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. So those are the groupings. But tonight, I want to concentrate on the word of knowledge. Everybody all right? Yep, you're doing good. I'm getting hot. Wonderful. A good biblical. Let's go first to a biblical illustration of the word of knowledge as illustrated in God's word. A good example of that would be Acts chapter number 5. Acts chapter number 5, there are two individuals, a husband and a wife, Ananias and Sapphira. The Bible says they sowed a, a possession of land that they had and they brought a certain part of it to lay down at the disciples' feet, and then they kept another part of it, and they held it back. And so they approached Peter with this. Now, the reason why, you got to understand, again, context is so important in Scripture. The chapter right prior to chapter number 5, chapter number 4, the ending thereof, it's speaking about how many of these people are selling their lands and their goods and possessions, and they are bringing the prices of it to the, the, the disciples' feet. They're bringing the totality of the sale to the disciples' feet. So it's in that context of that taking place. This one's coming. There it all is from their sale. All there is from their Ananias and Sapphira is bringing theirs. So since everybody's bringing their total sale and then they bring theirs, what is the supposition here? That they're bringing the wholesale of money 
of their land and possession to the feet of the disciples as well. And so there is Peter standing there. Everybody perhaps thinking, well, here's Ananias. God bless him, following suit, feeling the leading of the Lord, sowed all and brought it to the feet of Peter. But Peter, by a word of knowledge, speaks to them and he knew only not because someone told him or they told him, but God told him. He knew what they had done. And he asked them, why have you lied to the Holy Ghost and only brought part and have kept back part of the price of the land? And he goes, you know, Ananias comes first and he says, yeah, the people that's going to be burying your bodies right standing out at the door. And he drops dead and they come, grab him, bury him. Not much longer, Sapphira comes in. She has the same type of uh, composure. And he says the same thing to her. People that buried your husband stand at the door, boom, drop dead. I'm not trying to scare anybody you dropping dead tonight. But what I'm telling, what I'm trying to illustrate to you in chapter 5 is a good illustration of the word of knowledge, information that came divinely to Peter concerning what was going on in this circumstance. Amen. Another place, another place that a word of knowledge was given, and it, it happens to be Peter again. I'm not trying to just showcase him as the word of knowledge. Oh, he's the word of knowledge, hallelujah, prophet of scripture. But nevertheless, is being supplied whenever Jesus had his disciples at Caesarea Philippi, and he's asking them, who do men say that I am? Some say Isaiah, some say Jeremiah, some say one of the prophets, and then he gets personal and says, who do you say that I am? That's found in Matthew 16. Can we go there, Matthew 16 and verse 15? Jesus is speaking. He saith unto them, but whom say ye that I am? And here's Simon, verse 16. And Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ. The son of the living God. And look what Jesus says in verse 17. And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed art thou, Simon, bear Jonah, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee. But what? But my Father which is in heaven. The revelation that Peter had concerning who Jesus was, was a word of knowledge. Flesh and blood didn't reveal it. It wasn't something natural. It was something supernatural that had been parted in him concerning a word of knowledge of who Christ was. Now, I stated this a little earlier, but in case you didn't catch it, the word of knowledge gift does not mean a person used in this gifting has all knowledge. I know there's people like that in the world think they have all knowledge, but uh, it's not that they have all knowledge. It is the word, the word of knowledge or a portion a truth of knowledge. Sometimes it may literally be a word. Sometimes it could be a phrase. Sometimes it could be a little bit more in depth concerning the knowledge of what it is. But nevertheless, it's given. It's given to the person uh, that is operating in that at that time for that time, for that purpose, for a specific purpose. Amen. And it's not anything. It's not anything that they would know in that moment by a natural means. All right? It's not like if I knew somebody was going through a traumatic and troubling time and me walk up to them and said, you're going through a troubling, traumatic time. That's not a word of knowledge. That's a word of the grapevine. I'm just, or observation. Do you hear me? There's nothing divine about that. Unless, say, I was evangelist that came into that church. I didn't know them from Adam's house cat. And I walked to them and said, you're going through a troubling time. First time we was ever in service together. Now, that, the whole dynamics change there. That is a divine word of knowledge that came from the Lord. But it's given for a specific time, a specific purpose. And it is, by and large, divine information that God knows and it's shared with the one that he is using in that respect. Now, here's the thing. Other people may know, but you may not know. But God informs you about it. You know, that could come across someone else and say, well, I knew that. Well, that's just because, you, number one, you might be nosy. What I'm saying, I'm just saying, because God gives someone information they don't know about for a person and someone else may know it, doesn't negate that a gift was just not used there. It was used. They didn't have any knowledge of that. It had to come to them by God. Someone say, man, man, I'm trying not to be getting in trouble or anything like that up here. Um, 
but, but, but it's a gift of, of knowledge that is working at that time. Divine knowledge from the Lord to give, of course, edification to the church. Now, whenever we talk about that knowledge that is relayed for that time, for a purpose, it may, it may deal with facts about their past, present, or future. It could be knowledge about something that they are in right now. It could be knowledge about something they're going to face. It could be knowledge about something that has already happened in their life in their past. Amen. And so whenever God gives knowledge about that, sometimes it's knowledge concerning people. Sometimes it's knowledge about particular things or events. All right? Or even places. All of that can be relayed through the word of knowledge. But again, uh, you would not possibly know it unless God told you or impressed upon you whatever that may be. Now, I'll tell you just for personal experience, okay? And, and this is where I'm hoping uh, throughout the series that maybe some eyes can be opened that you may have been used in some gifts that you just really wasn't aware that it was happening when it was happening. Because I'll tell you personally that the most common way that I have seen the word of knowledge operate in my own life, and I'm not professing, I am a word of knowledge. Please, whenever I share anything concerning myself, it is just for learning, Okay that the most common way that I've sensed the word of knowledge in myself is in praying with people. Mm -hmm. In praying with people. Because oftentimes whenever I pray with people in the altars, particularly at speaking engagements that I don't know anybody and I'm just there as a guest speaker, whenever I pray oftentimes, Brother Fred, and you might find, some of you might find yourself to do this, whenever I pray beside them, rather than necessarily praying for them, I am praying in their stead as though I am them. I know that might sound weird, but I'll stand beside them and I'll be, I'll be saying like, whatever, I feel the Holy Ghost is impressing upon my mind and heart in that time. I, I could be very well praying right beside them, Sister Jessup, and saying, God, help me, Lord, with the trouble that's in my family. I'm praying right beside them as though I am them. And you know what? I've, what and I know this because I've had it happen, and they tell me afterwards. In moments like that, God is imparting a word of knowledge of what's going on in their life, and I'm right beside them like praying in their stead, and it starts to break something in their own spirit. When they hear someone right beside them, they don't know them from Adam, praying exactly what they need to be praying. You might have had that happen, folks, even in this church. Amen. At times that you're praying right beside someone, and you're praying like in their stead. You're praying like for specific things. You just feel impressed that this is what needs to be prayed. And, 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 and you know, they, that you just feel that need, you feel that desire. You might not know them from anybody, but you know what the Spirit is leading you to pray about right there beside them. And I have watched oftentimes, even praying, as that happens, as weird as that may seem, you know, praying in their stead as it would seem. I'm, I'm there, yes, I have my, you know, hand there or whatever, but praying in their stead that, that you can tell whenever they are resonating with what is being said. You can tell with when their, their life or circumstances are resident. I mean, you could talk all day long about, you know, praying over particular things perhaps in their family, even if you got more specific concerning their father, if you felt the Lord, you know, lead you that way. And they could be stone cold as a grave in the cemetery. But if that strikes something within their heart that that is an issue that may have been or is taking place, there is going to be some type of facial, emotional connection with what is being stated in that moment and there are other times i have people after we get done praying you know pastor mcgee whoever you know whatever i was at that point in time Vance mcgee what you prayed tonight was exactly what i needed amen well you know what god knows all things god knows all things and he can give a portion of knowledge in a moment of time for a reason and a purpose there have been other ministers in my own personal life that i've known that has prayed with people and they have told them after it was all said and done that the words that you prayed matched my situation that i am going through exactly that's a word of knowledge at work praying things in their stead or about a situation that you know nothing about but the spirit of god has impressed you directed you to say certain specific or general things and again it could be general or it could be a specific so what are you saying tonight brother mcgee i'm saying this be sensitive to the holy ghost when you pray with slash for in the stead of beside whatever you want to call it 
people. Because God may lead you to pray certain things that you don't know anything about. And, and here's the thing. And uh, The gifts of the Spirit are, they can empower anybody to do anyone, but I find that as we wade into them, that the ones that lend themselves to us many times uh, go hand in hand with our personalities. What I mean is this. A shy person can pray a prayer next to someone and feel a word of knowledge come on them and start praying things more so than they can give a prophetic word publicly. Can, are you saying that an a, 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 a introvert or a shy person or, or someone that's shy would never be able to do a prophetic word? No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying the, the proclivity, the tendency, if you're just moving into those areas, is that it correlates with personality. I'm just telling you just by observation and experience, okay? I'm, that's just total, that's total Paul McGee chapter 2, okay? Amen. And, and, and so, so just, just keep that in mind. And so it might impress you to say, you know, certain things. For that matter, I mean, just think over your own personal life here for a moment. See if God may have ever done it. Have you ever, think, ask yourself the question, like, have I ever prayed with someone? Let me ask you this. Have you ever through your day just all of a sudden got somebody on your mind? Hmm? Has someone just came on your mind? Have you ever felt just a moment, you know what, I need to pray for so-and-so? You ever felt like that? And maybe at times, however you felt moved, maybe even thought, you know, I'm going to call them. They came on my phone. I'm going to call them and just check on them. Have there ever been times that you called someone that you felt that impression and they was like, oh, you called on a good day? Because X, Y, and Z, or A, B, and C is happening and going on, or I'm facing such and such. Let me tell you what that is, that just you experienced a word of knowledge. Absolutely. He put somebody's on your heart that you maybe didn't know anything going on in their life, but he placed it on your heart. He gave you a word of knowledge that they needed prayer. Absolutely. Oh, Brother McGee. No, I'm serious. How can I say this properly without you misunderstanding? It is as simple as that. If, 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 is that okay? I mean, I'm not trying to debase the spiritual gifts. Well, I'm saying it is as simple as that. Amen. You know, calling someone and then finding out, oh, they was going to this. And you said, well, I had you on my mind and I prayed for you. And, and they're like, well, thank you. That was a word of knowledge at work. And the thing is, you may not know what their life is going through. Maybe th that wasn't divulged to you, but you just knew they needed prayer. Still yet, that is a word of knowledge operating in your life. God's given you a portion of knowledge. They need prayer. You say, well, that's a small portion. That's all right. Maybe you told the other person they're deathly sick and they need prayer. Big deal. Either way, a word of knowledge has been at work in the life of the people by virtue of that. So I'm telling you today, the gift of the spirits can work in your lives. Another personal example that many were here for, and I'll try to run through this, but another personal example that many were here for is... Uh, Whenever we had our last service with the cooks, when we had our last service with the cooks, I knew they were leaving. They had met well in advance with my wife and I and told us uh, when their last service was going to be. And uh, early on, this is kind of beside the point, but early on, whenever they came, I told my wife, if she was here tonight, you could ask her. I felt like they wasn't going to be here forever, that they were going to be here for a period of time. And I told her early on that whenever they first came here. And nevertheless, that Sunday night, I had no intention. If you go back and listen to the podcast, I think it's even recorded on there. I had no intention on centering my sermon or my message around them uh, or, or them going back to their home church or anything. But however, during my prayer time here at the church that Sunday afternoon, I was wrestling in the spirit. It really was that Sunday afternoon. And uh, I felt instructed of God. I'm, and I don't say that lightly. Please understand. Whenever I say something like that, I don't mean it lightly. I was felt instructed of God. I felt like God was impressing me with a message that was for Brother and Sister Cook in their time of leaving. And if you'll remember that night I preached, God has another there for you. All right? And so although they had come to us about leaving and, and well advanced in doing that, they had never shared the passage of Scripture that God had given them to help direct their, their decision about returning back home. 
My text that night, I begin to read 1 Kings chapter number 17, verses 2 through 7. My text that night was the exact passage that God had given them for their decision and direction. And man, they started bawling back there. So, no, I'm, reading, I'm up here reading my text. I, and I felt, I told them that night that I felt like I said, everybody else can just listen in, but God wants to talk to you too tonight. Amen. And they started crying as I read. And I'm thinking, my God, this is going to be tough, isn't it? You know. But then I recognized that God really had orchestrated something in that moment. And so I went on preach totally ignorant. And only after service, Brother Cook, to come and tell me something I didn't know, but God had revealed through the Spirit. What was that? A word of knowledge. A word of knowledge that was in operation uh, for their lives. Listen, for their lives, confirming for them, and I believe also confirming them for this assembly. Confirming for this assembly. Now, there are times, again, you know, the word of knowledge... It can be in depth or it might be surface. It can be general or it can be very detailed. There are times that, you know, it's one way or the other, but it doesn't subtract from the fact that it's still a word of knowledge. Either way, it's a direction. It's given by the Spirit. Now, why you say that? I say that because of this. Because I know sometimes people can scoff at, you know, someone standing up saying, I feel like someone here has back pain or back problems. Because in reality, even a crowd this size, I could probably say it tonight, and there's somebody here probably with some back pain and back problems. Right? And so we scoff at that. I'm just being real with you. We scoff at that because it's just a generality. But God can speak in generality or detail. If he wishes to make a plea to someone with back problems or back pain in this place, and he wants to narrow that focus to that in order for a gift of healing to be exercised for that, then so be it. I'm not God. So we got to be careful just because it's a generality not to disengage and think, well, that's a bunch of ha ha. That's a bunch of fluff. Son, it might be an absolutely true working of the gift of the Spirit. What happens is sometimes we have been exposed to things that haven't been, and so then we become callous to it all. That's wherein we must be careful. So we can't ignore the general plea just because, well, you know, we're gun shy, perhaps, of a gift that's being misused. We got to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you this. That's the reason why that we all, and we'll get to that perhaps next week, we all need to somehow get to a place where we can exercise a discerning of spirits so that whenever the general plea is given, I'm testing in my spirit. Is this of God? Is it not of God? Is it someone being zealous? It, huh? Amen. But I don't, I don't want to disengage uh, Brother Morgan again. He was in revival service, and he felt to speak to a very, he felt to speak to a, a lady who was sitting on the front row. God just impressed him while he was preaching. He just leaned over and told it to her. It was very general, very general word unto this woman that he was speaking to. And then there was a woman sitting behind her, I guess that kind of heard it. And she kind of spoke to him. It wasn't real loud, but she says, oh, you're really good. <laughs> she was visiting this church during these services general word came forth whatever it was she's like oh you're really good and she told him this is this blows my mind she told him she said people like you are charlatans or fake people like you're fake the spirit of god spoke in a general word of knowledge way but then the spirit of god came in a detailed way for that lady and he said, you will not think that tomorrow when the judge rules against you. She looked at people around her. She asked, how in the world does he know about that court session? Sure enough, the next day she had went to court. They had thought that she had already won the case. The judge ruled against her. So, word of knowledge can work generally or it can work in detail. That's God's business. Huh. That's God's business. Amen. So the point is, the point is this, in either case, whether you feel like it's general or specific, to be obedient, to make yourself available unto the Lord, right? I'll close with this. You can stand with me. Am I doing okay? 
I think, I think these little things see along the way kind of seals some things for our learning and understanding. Again, I'm not just doing it to be story time at the library, okay? Um, but here's the fact of the matter. Whenever a gift is being used sometimes, there's many times that it's just not a gift. What I'm saying, there's a lot of overlapping of the gifts that takes place in a moment. You will see that a lot of times word of knowledge and word of wisdom go hand in hand very fluidly off times. Because word of knowledge, you're given facts, you know, you're given information, but word of wisdom is now what to do with the information, what to do with the facts. So there's a lot of time they go hand in hand. So there's a lot of time, uh, you know, many of the gifts that's operating at the same time. So it's hard to take just a scenario and say, well, that was the gift of such and such because they overlap so sometimes seamlessly and innocently that you can't necessarily attribute it to just one or just the other. It could be several operating to bring about what comes about. Uh, so what I'm saying is circumstances may not just fall in one category of the gifts, but what we know regardless, as uh, the Apostle Paul has made so well known to us, uh, by the same spirit, this one, by the same spirit, that one. Regardless what gift and what category it falls in, it's all happening by the spirit of God, by the spirit of God. And aren't we thankful that he operates in that capacity? Amen. Through our lives, capable potentially for anyone that's here that's filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I want to keep emphasizing that lesson by lesson. The, 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 the use of the gifts in your life is potential. It's there. If you have the Holy Ghost. And as I said last week, he has divided several, each one his own. You, I, I am convinced, according to God's word, you have a gift of the spirit that you just might not be quite tuned into or aware of yet. God has one there for you. Amen. Hallelujah. Everybody all right? I'm enjoying this. I really am. I'm enjoying this. See what the spirit will do. Amen. Through us by his Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.